0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fonication, the wannabe NSFW nature documentary podcast. I hope you have all had an amazing week. I have been quarantining with lots of video games and super uncomfortable Google searches, so I hope that you guys understand the shit that I have to go through researching for these episodes. Googling blank sex, fill in the blank with literally anything is gonna bring up some really horrifying shit like i know my search history isn't illegal but it still feels inherently wrong and immoral so i have taken on that burden for you guys you're welcome so today's topic that came up with an unrelated really fucked up headline is beaver sex but i'll start off more general with just beavers and no i will not mention the headline but if you're really really curious You go ahead and take on that Google search. Weird segue here. Today's episode is dedicated to my sister-in-law, Rihanna. She texted me, very possibly wine drunk, talking about how much she decided that she likes beavers. And no, I'm not talking about beaver like the slang for vagina, which is great that she's not selling into vaginas considering she's married to my brother. So I wanted to see what she was on about, and turns out that beavers are actually pretty cool. Which brings us to this episode. So, there are two species of beaver. The American beaver, Castor canadensis, and the Eurasian beaver, Castor fiber. I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, but Latin is a dead language, so it doesn't matter in my opinion. They're both pretty close to the same size. They're the second largest rodent behind capybaras, but there is an extinct beaver species that was the size of the modern black bear. It died out at the end of the last ice age because it ate aquatic plants instead of trees, and the ice age definitely impacted plant life. Weirdly enough, the two non-extinct species are not genetically compatible despite being similar. The American beaver has 40 chromosomes while the Eurasian beaver has 48. But that did not stop the Russians from trying almost 30 times to make a hybrid species and they failed every single time. I don't know why they wanted to do that though. Like, I'm trying to use my imagination but I can't really figure out what the purpose is like i know that they were hunted to near extinction for their fur because top hats made of beaver fur were all the rage at one point thank god that went out of fashion so maybe for their fur but maybe also to aid in repopulation but then again the iucn has them listed as least concern due to already successful repopulation so i'm not sure if somebody knows please tell me because i love hearing about weird russian shit anyways moving on Beavers have matriarchal societies, so that means that the females are in charge, and they're generally nocturnal, and they are also in the 3% of mammals that practice monogamy. And both parents actually take an active role in raising their young. And sometimes, if necessary, an older sibling will take on a parental role raising the younger sibling, which is called alloparental care. And unlike a couple other species that practice monogamy, if one member of a pair dies, the surviving member will find a new mate rather than spending the rest of their life alone. And that makes me feel pretty good, because that would be really, really sad otherwise. So I gotta talk about, you know, the iconic parts of beavers. So, like, their broad tails, of course. They use it to pat down mud, and they use it to build their dams, known as lodges, by the way. And they also use it to slap the water as a warning signal to other beavers that there's danger nearby. And the other iconic thing about beavers is their buck teeth of course and they continue to grow throughout their entire lifetime and that probably helps since they get pretty worn down eating trees all day or night i guess since they're nocturnal and about the tree chewing so naturally they do that so they can use trees for building their dams but very efficiently trees are also their diet they have a specialized digestive system that helps them break down all of that tree bark And despite the fact that they're kind of generally considered a nuisance, they actually fill a really important ecological role. Excluding humans, no other existing animal does as much as the beaver does to affect its ecosystem. It even has an impact on climate change. So by building their dams, they create ponds and lakes and wetlands. They'll even reroute rivers. And then those new ecosystems that they create become utopias for all sorts of other species. And it ends up improving water quality and providing new sources of food and shelter for other species. So I'm going to go on a tangent real quick. It didn't start with beavers but beavers definitely played a part in this. There was a project that took place in the 90s at Yellowstone where researchers realized that the ecosystem there was deteriorating horribly and it was just completely unsustainable. And then they eventually realized that it was because there were no predators. So all the herbivores were just bucking up the landscape. And that's because wolves were hunted mercilessly, just absolutely no restrictions to it. So what they did is they put in a small pack of wolves called the Druid Pack. Incidentally, I'm a Druid in my recent D&D campaign. These wolves started hunting all the deer who previously had just nothing stopping them from eating all the plants and restricting growth. So when they stopped eating so openly, it gave the opportunity for a forest to grow in those plains. And then beavers saw all those new trees and they're like, oh shit, a feast. So they moved in. And then they built their little lodges, which created a shit ton of wetlands. So then all these birds and frogs and other animals saw all that prime real estate. And then they moved in. And suddenly there was this super healthy, booming, sustainable, and stable ecosystem. And I think that's pretty fucking neat. Like nature is so neat. And that's why they call it nature. And I stole that from YouTube i'm so sorry for my personality <laughs> all right well the tangent is over i'll get back to beavers now so i'm actually a little bit a lot of bit in awe of their lodges slash dams like i know that a lot of animals like birds and snakes they build little nests but beaver lodges are a little bit more complicated than i thought is like i don't know an eight-year-old so first of all they have underwater entrances so that predators who don't swim can't get inside then they essentially have like a foyer or a mud room whatever you call it so that they can dry off and then they'll move to a second room once they're dry so they can hang out comfortably with the family and they have little chimney vents so that excess heat can escape so cozy and while they're building the dams if materials are too heavy to carry over land They build little canals so they can float over the building materials. And they're such smart little engineers. Learning about them has made me so happy. I mentioned earlier that despite being hunted at one point to near extinction, their numbers have risen. They're no longer endangered. And in the areas that they're found, they're very common and they have very stable populations. So because they're so common, territory boundaries often get pretty close to each other. The leading female in each territory isn't necessarily opposed to fighting to the death over breeding grounds, but what helps is that when beavers grow up and if they leave the nest and start their own litter, they do tend to stay close by. Beavers recognized as relatives have friendlier relations with nearby territories. The way that they're recognized is by scent, which isn't all that uncommon realistically, but what is uncommon is the beaver scent glands. They have two scent producing areas. One is referred to as the castor sacs. These produce oil that they use to mark their territory and waterproof their fur. I don't know if you've ever heard of beaver butt smelling like vanilla, but yeah, that is a real thing. Castoreum from beaver butt is absolutely used for vanilla scents. So think about that next time you're in Bath & Body Works. But don't worry, it's used for vanilla scents, not flavors. So, it's okay to order vanilla ice cream if you're opposed to ingesting beaver. Don't believe everything that fearmongering food blogs tell you. Cough, cough, Vanny Harry the Food Babe. Cough, cough. The other scent-producing area is their butt. <laughs> Seriously, it's their anal glands. I'm so sorry that I'm doing this to you guys. So... Each beaver has a unique scent that they use to identify each other. Apparently their anal secretions can contain over a hundred different chemical compounds. And these anal secretions are key in determining the sex of a beaver. So beavers don't have very distinct sexual dimorphism. You can't just look at a beaver and be like, that one has a penis. Both males and females have cloacas, which is like a pouch where all the reproductive and waste organs are neatly tucked inside. And from the outside, it looks kind of like a, a little butthole, and they look identical for both sexes. So, no shit. Journalist Ben Goldfarb interviewed biologist Katie Weber in an absolutely incredible article that I highly recommend. It is a wild ride of emotions, where he referred to her as a beaver sexing coach, by the way. And then he described in horrifying detail, the process to determine the sex of a beaver. There's also an equally wonderful picture of Katie Webber introspectively observing a napkin full of beaver butt oils. And I was really, really disappointed to find out that it was not her profile picture on LinkedIn. So let me go ahead and explain why she was holding that napkin full of beaver butt. In order to sex a beaver, you approach the cloaca presumably with a great deal of caution, and then you pinch it and squeeze it like a zit so that a stream of fluid comes out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> and then you you smell the fluid and that is part of this woman's job is to pop beaver butt zits and smell it. <laughs> and if you smell motor oil, you have a male. And if you smell old cheese, You've got a female. I'm sure there's a sexist joke in there somewhere. Also, males have darker, thicker fluid than females. And there's probably another joke in there too, but my head is too full with vivid imagery to think of it. And that is the whole way to determine the sex of a beaver, smelling its butt, which doesn't sound like a super reliable method to me, but apparently... The project that Katie Weber is part of, called the METHO Project, has a remarkable track record of only one misidentification since implementing this tool, I guess. (laughs) Now, there is a little bit more sexual dimorphism that occurs during the beavers' mating season, but it's an insanely short season, so biologists can't exactly rely on that. Their mating season is from January to February, two months out of the year for sexy time. Reiterating again, like I do every episode, that I am so, so happy to be human. (laughs) Right, so, beavers reach sexual maturity at about two years, and when it's mating season, the male's testes will drop from the abdomen into kind of a scrotal position, and then they'll swell. The females all ovulate at the same time. Unlike the often-touted debunked theory that human women tend to synchronize their periods, beavers genuinely do. Also, female beavers nipples swell, so I guess that's neat. And two months isn't a lot of time for mating season, and the female is only ever in heat for 12 hours at a time. So they gotta be on their shit. Literally. (laughs) I'm sorry for that joke. (laughs) A female lets her mate know that she's in the window for fertilization by shitting on nearby mounds after ovulating. And then the male goes around smelling her shit, and they get down to business. <laughs> so if there's any coprophiliacs or scatophiles listening, beaver's it first. So did hippos, by the way. I, um, I think poop is the cue to end this episode, and I'm sure that you're happy about that if you haven't already turned this off. And again, I am really, really sorry about this one. If you absolutely hated it, please direct all of your hate mail to my (laughs) sister-in-law. Also, please don't forget to check out Phonication on Instagram and Twitter. And if you would like to support my ability to put out more episodes for you guys, please consider becoming a patron or just leaving a review because that genuinely does help out. Thanks so much for listening and tune in next week for more bullshit. Bye! (laughs)